Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So now let me ask you, because uh, I want to get into vaccines in general, which is what I saw your original uh, Twitter post that attracted me to you. But what's your thoughts overall on the... Uh, you know, the COVID jabs, uh, whether, you know, different variations of mRNA. What have you written about any of that, that stuff? Well, what I say is that do not trust anything they say. Nothing. In my opinion, there's no such thing as an mRNA vaccine or uh, whatever technology they're telling us what it is. Don't trust them because you cannot believe them. And for you to believe there's an mRNA technology, you have to believe that there is a virus that has an mRNA. You have to believe there is a virus that has a spike protein, but there is no such thing. So how can there be a spike protein when there is no virus? How can there be an mRNA from a virus or an mRNA that programs your cells to produce um, the uh, spike protein, how can you believe all this nonsense when the original claim has never been proven? You know, you don't have the virus, but you claim you can make it a spike protein. Definitely. So, and, and, and it's all just- nonsense. Yeah, and let's just drive the point home with the, you know, from down to the $15 an hour a guy that works at the Walgreens, you know, uh, walk-in clinic that was doing a, a shot to your doctor. Uh, you know, we just talked about all these doctors and these folks that are being incentivized by Big Pharma, who's really just the distributor in this case of pretty much what was the government shot because they were working on quote-unquote MR, mRNA out of Fort Detrick you know, in Frederick, Maryland <laughs> for a long time. Uh, Bill Gates yeah. was involved with some projects over there. And people would say, well, my doctor said it's safe or the guy at the pharmacy said it's safe. And I would say, really? So what did you get? You got the Moderna, you got the Johnson & Johnson, you got the Pfizer, what was it? So that guy took the vial out of the package, he opened it up, then he dumped it out on his high-powered microscope and he looked through there and he analyzed that for you before he shot it into your arm, he told you it mm-hmm. was safe. How does he know it's safe? He doesn't even know what's in it. Well, the ingredients are in there. Okay, I could print up a pamphlet too and stick it into a box. Does it mean that I'm telling you what the real ingredients are? No one really knows what's inside that thing. And those ingredients are not even mentioned because the, <laughs> yeah. the insert is blank. Oh, yes? The, the inserts are blank in those vaccines. You know what? I posted a video on my Twitter. Uh, there was a pharmacist that um, pulled up the... Um, uh, COVID vaccine, and she opened the, the box, it was sealed, and she pulled up the, uh, the insert, and then she opens it, and it's like it's a big paper, and right in the middle, left intentionally blank. So there's nothing on the insert. So wow, basically, people are going and injecting themselves with something that they don't know what it, what it is. Well, you, you, know, well, you, you were talking about the... Um 
you know, the lowering of the body's, let's instead of saying immune system now, let's just say the body's natural defense system, right? Due to mental trauma and stuff. One of the things I couldn't figure out is I had family members who had straight up called uh, Donald Trump Hitler going back to 2015 when he was running for president for three years. It was saying, you know, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Then all of a sudden he comes out, he goes, my vaccine, it's beautiful. So great. You're going to take the vaccine. So great. Put it in your arm. It's going to be wonderful. And these people line up and get it. I said, you just called the man Hitler for four years and now yeah. you're lining up to get a jab from Hitler. And that's, <laughs> right. that was really my big revelation. Uh, you know, between three years ago when it all started and I saw people walking down the dotted lines in the grocery store and standing behind the plexiglass to uh, when they actually started lining up and getting shot, I said, wow, I could literally see how you could take over the world because it's pretty damn easy uh, after watching these people. The programming has been so effective. Like, like, you know, it's, it's ingenious. I give them that. It's really ingenious, and they they had they had an agenda and a plan that was really mastered perfectly. Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. It was everything they they do is perfect. The only thing, and I've had discussions. Uh, I won't go off on a tangent, but I have discussions with other guests on the show that it seems like they almost launched it too early. Because in my personal opinion, they could have got away with ten times more. Uh, if they had certain things ready, like if they rolled out the supposed vaccine about 17 days into the launch of COVID land, they probably would have had 95% of people line up and get the shot. I'm like, what'd they wait nine months for? I mean, that, there are certain things they did. They could have rolled out central bank digital currency in the first few months of COVID. They had everybody scared of money. They could, they could have just attached it to more stimulus checks and said, if you download this with the QR code, you're going to get a hundred mm-hmm. free tokens. And they could have, but, but you know what? What it showed me is, uh, in another year, two years, if they're going to roll out like uh, Crimson Contagion or one of these, I sadly, my opinion is sixty to seventy percent will jump right back into the live role play. Yeah, uh, it just goes. To, yeah, I, I just it's it's sad. So, what's your what are your thoughts, uh, vaccines in general? And I know someone had sent me a, a meme. It was like CDC, and it had something like sixty nine different vaccines they recommend for. I think that's the uh, vaccine schedule for children going up to age twelve at this point. Um, right when you're in the hospital, they want to give. Uh, your kid a vitamin K shot, which I don't know, based on my research, I could be wrong. Vitamin K really starts to develop inside the child uh, you know, five, six, seven days after they're born. They want to inject uh-huh. that in them. They want to give them the hepatitis shot, which we didn't do because there's certain measures and tests you can do beforehand and you don't even have to do it. Uh, they want to put the eye ointment in their eyes and all this other stuff. So what are, what are your thoughts on vaccines in general? Well, I used to believe in vaccines a long time ago because uh, before I woke up because I have children and I vaccinated them until the age of uh, the last one was four years old. That was uh, about six years ago. And um, yeah, and then I, when I woke up, that's it. No more because I discovered I, I was open-minded enough when my sister, you know, when the thing happened with her breast cancer, that's when I really woke up. And um, 
uh, after a lot of research, a lot of reading and you know, investigating, I came to the conclusion that every single vaccine is a poison. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're not talking about the batches that we've seen in COVID because some, some batches have saline solutions because that's when you see people going to inject themselves and nothing happens. They're healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can't, they can't roll out poisons everywhere. It would be too obvious. Um, but uh, vaccines are not needed. No human being or animal ever needs any shot, any vaccine, any injection, because there's nothing to vaccinate against. There's nothing to be immune from. Right. That's that's my take on vaccines. Okay. And then, no, that's interesting. So, I mean, you believed in, you know, the traditional modern uh, medicine take on vaccines until you said about yeah. six years ago. Then it was your sister and then starting to study the German new medicine and all that stuff that led you yeah. into uh, moving away. So you started to wake up just a few years uh, before covid land kicked off so when that happened it must have been like a huge shock <laughs> to your system to see, yeah, see it coming. yeah no, i mean you start going down the path and studying spanish flu and things like that and then all of a sudden boom it kicks off and it's like whoa they're doing it in real time i'm watching this yes. live yeah yeah i uh i read a lot about uh the spanish flu and uh uh the uh the the Invisible Rainbow, as I said, is a real good book. Um, uh, there's another one, A Poison Needle by uh, Helen McBean, I think. Yeah, she wrote it in the 50s, and she tells the story of uh, her parents and how they did not get the shot and how they were helping people uh, that were sick and they didn't get sick during the Spanish flu. And she... Uh, uh, she mentions the, um, the mass vaccination that happened uh, prior to the 1918-1919 Spanish flu. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing book. It's not a big book, but it's, it's very good. And you can find it on uh, um, archive.org, The Poison Needle, okay. in, in PDF format. Okay, so and you said so you read a uh, majority of the books that you talked about in that book before uh, January March twenty twenty before oh uh, yeah COVID. yeah long time oh. before yeah yeah okay well yeah so you you were already educating yourself on this and then you got to see one of these things happen in real time now let's if you mm-hmm. can because you mentioned it earlier let's just give an example there I mean you just did with the Spanish flu and the vaccine supposed vaccine that rolled out prior to the mm-hmm. Spanish flu let's take polio for instance right because you have someone uh, let's see my grandfather in nineteen fifty two my father was two years old you know contracted polio he thought he was the story goes he used to say he thought he was sick he thought he had the flu so he went and ran up and 
down uh, the stairs in the apartment building he lived in and all of a sudden that turned out it was really bad because he put all the, the the blood you know through uh, the veins and his muscles and everything and he ends up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life so now you have people in my family forever that will now say to me you are irresponsible for not vaccinating your child your grandfather had polio he's rolling in his grave right now you got to at least get your child the polio vaccine and as you said polio was actually actually rebranded and renamed over time so let's just talk about that quickly and then we'll get into uh just being careful of people like judy mikovich and peter mccullough yeah so um when you when you read history um if you read mainstream books you will see that um uh, they will tell you that polio was uh, prevalent and then when the vaccine was introduced uh, the polio uh, rates the incidence of polio like went sharply down but um when you uh when you read the, the opposing views they will tell you what actually happened right so we know that polio has something to do with poisoning ddt and arsenic poisoning which was widely used, especially in the United States, um, prior to the uh, rollout of the vaccines. But um, what they did is that as soon as they started the polio vaccination, they changed the name of polio. So the same symptoms, but they changed them. So polio was still there as a disease. They, they still named the, the, it existed still, but then they created the new syndromes and like um, uh, Bell's palsy and uh, flaccid paralysis. They created new names so that when there is recording of the incidence of diseases, you see that there's no more polio, but you have flaccid paralysis, you have. Um, Guillain-Barré. Uh, palsy, Guillain-Barré. Mm. So those are those were on the increase, but polio was decreasing. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they changed the name; they rebranded right. it. Right, and mean and meanwhile, they're going around and sticking people with uh, needles that who mm -hmm. knows may or may not create what the the next pandemic is. I mean, who actually knows what they're sticking people with? Right. Yeah, but you know what? The vaccination is not just poisoning, especially the kids it's not just poisoning that is making them sick it's the trauma they, they suffer when they when they are taken to the doctor's office to get vaccinated that mm. restraint that fear you know the uh, you have uh, so many emotional conflicts that the kids could go through depending on how they perceive it oh it yeah, yeah. A, motor, a motor conflict like not being able to move not being able to escape that could cause you to become paralyzed just because of the thought or the perception of that event, that that shock that could cause you to become paralyzed. Yeah, it's like not someone the, being... It's, it's not the like, shock. It's not the shock that makes you paralyzed. It's yeah. the psyche, the perception of that event, the feeling of being restrained and not being able to move that creates a motor conflict in you. And then right. your brain shuts down the control over your limbs 
It's like someone being tortured using like CIA enhanced interrogation techniques mm-hmm. and such. MK Ultra mind control techniques. I mean, breaking people's minds essentially and mind right. hacking them. So no, yeah. no, that that that's actually really really interesting. And we've met a lot of people that are in the you know modern uh, medical sphere who will be telling us stories you know over dinner. Oh my daughter, she's so crazy. We brought her in to get her vac. She was screaming, you know, bloody murder, like. Uh, yeah, and you're and you're sitting there like uh, I mean you're talking about torturing your child. What? How are you even having this conversation? How are you admitting to this? Um, the way that people talk about it. Now I wanted to get into this and then talk a little bit about uh, the coaching and stuff that you offer now. Uh, but let's talk a bit because you had mentioned it in a comment to someone on Twitter, and I was I'm not on Twitter that much. I used to be in 1516. I had an account with over 50,000 followers banned and years ago I, I lost like six or seven accounts i just said forget it like i'm not going to play this game with these folks but um yeah. uh judy mikovich who actually came on at the very beginning of covid land not on my show but on mike moore's show the thomas Paine podcast who i syndicate under he had her on a long time ago then there was you know as time rolled on he said i'm not going to have her on anymore uh peter mccullough obviously who made the rounds i saw you point out to someone, uh, those of us who tried to point this out a year, year and a half ago, were just criticized. You're called a, you're called the controlled opposition for calling out these folks. Uh, but you just did it the other day, and I was glad to see that because I think what most people don't realize is some of these people out there, their job is to drive people back into germ theory, corral them back into the Rockefeller system. Mm-hmm. So they'll criticize you know, say mRNA or criticize a particular jab or how many boosters, but then they are driving people right back into the system that you hope people are going to start to escape. Absolutely. And with every hoax that is deployed or rolled out by these elites, they have to have agents that will uh, have the role and responsibility to lead the opposition. They need to maintain and contain as much as possible in that opposition. Because most of the opposition right now still believes in viruses and, you know, uh, contagion. Because if you don't contain that audience, if you don't contain it, it will escape from you. They will learn the truth. So they have to use these emotional agents because they bring them, they gain followers by emotions mm-hmm. judy mikovitz telling her story remember the documentary that we've seen from her mm-hmm. like her standing there and then telling her story how she how she was jailed and you know the sad music behind it and it draws people's emotion in and then they just they just love her mm-hmm. because she went against the system and she exposed fauci and you know but at the same time Oh, I've seen the virus. The virus exists. I've seen it. I've seen the HIV virus. I've seen this and that. Um, you know, I was, when I first saw the documentary, the very beginning, I almost believed her. But then the moment they start, she started mentioning the viruses and, you know, the contagion and whatever it is, like germ theory, that's it. This woman is control opposition. Mm-hmm. It's clear. When you know, you know. 
Yeah, which is and, like you, what you mentioned to me on the phone, and this is true. Uh, one of the reasons you know, and this is what I tell people, it's the sad reality. I've been in and out of independent media for um, you know 15 years. I was involved with grassroots politics. A few times back in my uh, late 20s, I was approached by certain folks who wanted, I didn't know what I was doing back then. I was naive. I thought I was fighting corruption. I was approached with people that wanted to give me money, and I had to go work for their think tank in Washington, D.C. So I'm someone who always did this as a hobby, floating in and out of what I do for work. You don't get elevated, all right? You don't get a PR manager who shows up and puts you on 147 podcasts overnight. Uh, You don't get to be mentioned by Tucker Carlson on Fox News mm-hmm. unless the system wants you promoted. Now, you may exactly. not even work for the system, but the system decides the message you're pushing is valuable, so therefore yeah. they come and they elevate you. And so yeah. that's what I used to say. Uh, you know, the folks here know that I I call out Joe Rogan a lot as a controlled opposition. His job is to really normalize transhumanism. He normalizes technocracy. He makes Elon Musk and others seem cool and hip. And he brings mm-hmm. the Peter McCullough's on and these folks. And again, he had people lined up as guests to come in his studio, had to take a uh, COVID test up in, in their head. I said, he's just legitimizing COVID, all they're doing is saying Fauci did it wrong, but so and so would do it right. That's all they're saying, but within the same system. Yeah, you know what? Uh, When these people are chosen and they are being employed in that role, their target audience is who? It's not the following sheep. Their target audience is the opposition, the people that will go against the government. So They want to make sure as many of us still believe that there is a danger or there could be a danger because maintaining the belief in viruses and contagion is the pillar for every single pandemic. Mm. And it is the foundational pillar of modern medicine and big pharma. So Mm. if you remove contagion, remove virus, and infectious diseases and transmissible diseases, which is what modern medicine is built on, if the people start to realize that those are just, there's no such thing, then big pharma will just crawl down and there is no more control over people. Yeah. Now, now let me just ask you this as we're wrapping up. How does the Rockefeller system, uh, you know, the, the big players behind the scenes and the ones we don't really get to see, but they control the who, they control the Bank for International Settlements. How do they benefit? Obviously, with Big Pharma, there's a lot of profits to go around. It's just like the climate change hustle, which we've covered here in detail with some folks that have researched that. They're entire fake industries, uh, but they're there to operate because they can. They let the grift continue because it creates buy-in from all the people that work with within that system. Now, 90% of the people that work within the climate change hustle or 90% of the people that work within the Rockefeller medical system, they do believe it's real. Like you said, they're brainwashed in college and university, Mm -hmm. so they believe it's real. That's how you create buy-in to create the whole industry. Now, the people behind the scenes, like the Rockefellers, they control the world currency system. They don't really care about them making money. They control the spreadsheets. They control the printing presses. They'll control the minting of the CBDC tokens. So there is 
rich as they want to be as long as we accept the monetary system. So do you believe in the medical industry, the control over this, uh, the creation of this entire germ theory system? Is it for them just about total control, total power? They have the ability that if they want to depopulate, lower the population over time, they can do it through this type of system. Do you think that's why they keep this thing going, why they float it, why they keep it alive? In my opinion, they're playing a game. They're having fun playing a game with populations, with people, because they don't need money. They have all the money they want. They can live their lives and leave us alone. They have all the money printing capabilities that they, you know, they could imagine. They mm -hmm. don't need money. So it's the smaller players that are benefiting like, with money, like the big pharma. They're mm -hmm. not the elites, right? But they are benefiting. They're making a lot of money out of it. But the, uh, the controllers, it's pure evil. That's all mm -hmm. there is. It's pure Definitely. evil. And if, let me, let me, I think one important thing that I want to say before we wrap up, if contagion was a thing, if transmissible diseases existed, we wouldn't be talking, you and I, right now. Mm -hmm. At right. best, we would be all sick. At best. And at <laughs> worst, nobody would be alive to witness anything. Because if... How many pandemics have you gone through? Oh, I don't know. Or declared, a declared pandemics. Yeah. Like fake pandemics. What has it been? Pandemics, been, what has it been a dozen? A, yeah, dangerous virus, transmissible, highly deadly, and things like that everybody would have been sick and died. Mm -hmm. But they maintain this idea that you have an immune system that is stronger or weaker and, you know, but mm -hmm. how can you be an asymptomatic carrier of a super deadly disease? Mm -hmm. How can you be asymptomatic, not expressing any sickness symptom, but you still carry a deadly disease? Mm -hmm. That's an oxymoron. And Definitely. the other thing, the other thing to close is the gain of function. If they had the ability to create viruses or enhance or make viruses more dangerous, if that was possible at all, their depopulation agenda would have been accomplished a long time ago because they could create a super deadly virus, like more deadly than anything we've seen so far, it could have wiped us like decades ago Yeah, when they started their research, or they could do it now, but there's no such thing. They cannot create life. They cannot, mm -hmm. not only there is no virus, but they cannot create one. Mm -hmm. All they do is create poisons, chemical poisons, radiations, and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Now, let, let me just ask you this. I want to just clarify on one thing. I mean, no. all right, so if there's no immune system, like you said, there's no organ in the body that runs like immune system. Mm -hmm. What is it, in your opinion, inside the body that fights off let's say the toxins or the poisons or it's pushing out toxins from our body like what is that itself is that just the magic of how the body works yeah it's just the magic of how the body works so bacteria are created within our blood within our system within our body and they are directed 
to do specific functions. We have parasites that are created, uh, that are used to, um, uh, example, for example, heavy metals. When you have a lot of heavy metals, you have parasites, uh, fungus, and bacteria. Sometimes they work together to uh, break down tumors. Um, yeah, they're created within the body. And the brain controls everything. It is the brain that controls the activity of bacteria, the creation of new bacteria, depending on the response that is needed uh, to face shocks and vents and toxicity and whatever it is. Okay. The so the brain then, is in control. So part of what they're doing with uh, Big Pharma by suppressing the bacteria, suppressing the fungus, is then actually ending up opening you up to getting actually sicker. Uh, because yeah, your body, yeah, they, uh, they're, yeah. they're changing the natural balance with inside the body. Exactly. But, um, antibiotics, the, the meaning of the word anti is against, and biota is life, anti-life. So antibiotics are a form of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. That's what chemotherapy does, kill. Yeah. 